Anecdotal Basics of Christianity, Episode 43, Whose Voice? When we had been in the kingdom-minded camp for only a short while, God asked us to put our money where our mouths were. Within a year of praying the dangerous prayer, I talk about that in episode 24, we had put down our professions, our house sale had been agreed, and we were ready to go wherever the Lord would send us. We believed Nottingham and Romania to be the clear front runners at the time, but we were wrong, on both counts. Now that I'm writing this, within a year seems like a fairly lengthy period of time, but we were new to hearing God speak to us directly, and we had four small children, one of whom was just a year old when we stepped out, so perhaps it was a reasonable amount of time to consider and prepare. Part of what we were doing during that time was checking whether what seemed to be pure madness to us could possibly be God. We didn't know anyone personally who had taken a step of faith similar to the one we believed we were about to take, although I had read a few books about such adventures by then. God was speaking to us through scripture and in many other ways. We had a growing peace in our own spirits about the way we should go, and we were checking with a few trusted Christians for prayers and any guidance they might offer. The senior leadership at the church we had just joined replied to a letter that we had sent them, something like this. We don't think you're mad. If you believe this is what God is saying to you, then you should do it with our blessing. However, one church leader and trusted friend, who we told our story to, reacted quite differently. With quite considerable vehemence and passion, he said to us, You can't just trust God. This was bad news to be coming at us from any direction. It was particularly bad news to be coming from him. He had been in church leadership for many years, was highly respected in the Christian community, and we trusted him. We were stunned into silence by his response and assumed that as he was in the place of maturity that he was, and we were beginners, we would come across that particular scripture eventually. Needless to say, we didn't. That particular person was not the only one to express doubts. He has a specific mention here because of the impact it had upon us. Others also said things like, Yes, but God's given us common sense, hasn't he? And what will you do if, effectively suggesting that we needed a backup plan in case God's promises weren't watertight? When Jesus called Simon and Andrew, he didn't tell them to bring their nets, fishing nets that could be seen to be safety nets, because they provided the means to make a living. Instead, he specifically told them to leave their nets. When later he sent the disciples out on mission, he didn't tell them to make sure they had the right insurance cover in case things went awry. He told them to take nothing with them. I've spoken a fair amount about the little boy with his two loaves and five small fish in previous episodes, but he deserves another mention here. When Andrew told Jesus there was a little boy there with some lunch, he then added on his doubts. But what are they among so many? The little boy didn't pay attention to Andrew's doubts. He didn't say, fair point, it was a ridiculous suggestion. He didn't hide his lunch away before any more attention was drawn to him. 
He didn't put his own hunger first, nor his concerns about getting into trouble if his mum found out that he'd given it away. He ignored Andrew's voice and any of the voices there may have been in his own head and continued to make his offering to Jesus. Whenever God speaks into our lives in terms of guidance and direction, there will almost certainly be other voices too, if not external, then internal. Joshua 24.15 reads, Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. If, like Joshua, you choose the Lord, then stick with that decision from here on, with boldness.